guys. It is um, Monday night for us, Tuesday morning for you guys. Here I am at the house, and uh, wow, it has been uh, a great, uh, great weekend. We had a great service yesterday. Uh, it was the finishing part of um, the series of Words of Jesus. And um, hopefully you were able to join in on that and, and watch that. And um, it was a blessing, you know, even even uh, just the whole weekend, the whole entire uh, holiday. And even if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, hopefully you've got a chance to talk to family, talk to loved ones, you know. Um, and that is always key and that's always important. It's important that we take the time to visit family, not just during Thanksgiving, but all year long, you know. Uh, but other than that, guys, uh, we are blessed. We're here at home, uh, just resting, you know, uh, yesterday, like yesterday was the second week. We didn't go to Lake Tahoe to the Tahoe church, but we were watching online and, uh, I think they had a great, great service, you know, and, um, hopefully you got to, to join in and watch, you know, uh, I thought it was, uh, it was great. And it was a blessing, you know? So anyways, um, I did want to. Um, my Bible right here. I did want to share some scripture with you guys, and uh, very interesting, you know. But uh, I just pray that you guys uh, are having a great morning. You know, if you're watching this when it comes out, it's Tuesday morning for you, and um, we got a few more weeks. I mean, um, huh? No. So Sharon is over there saying hello, and she's washing. What is that thing? I'm drying a, a cake. cake she's drying a cake pan. Oh, you haven't put it in the oven yet. Oh, yeah. So, um, we we the other day we um had a Bible study. A few uh few. Church family dropped in and joined in. That was fun. And then the next night or the night before, yeah, the night before we had a Monopoly game, guys. We went to the store in LA when we were down um, celebrating our early Thanksgiving with Sharon's family. And um, we went to one of those stores. It's kind of like a, you know, like you, you have Ross or, or Marshalls and I can't remember the store name, but it was a store like that, but without the clothes. You know how they have a lot of things for the house or things for your wall or uh, like canvases, or just all kinds of just knickknacks. And we came across this glass, glass Monopoly game. And um, it was pretty, pretty cool. So you guys, I don't know if you know or not, but we, we like playing Monopoly. And um, when we saw that, we're like, we got to have that. So anyways, we ended up opening it up and using that. Uh, I think it was Friday night. Yeah, Friday night, and um, that was fun. We had um, uh, Mike and Valerie here, um, a few other people, and it was just a lot of fun, guys. And uh, we just had a great time. But yesterday we had our service, uh, got home a little late because, you know, the last three months we've been going to Lake Tahoe, and we never get to fellowship. And uh, Sunday was Brother Johnny's birthday, you know, so uh, we joined him for dinner, him and his wife, and uh, other church family. And uh, we just, you know, just hanging out with him, celebrating his birthday, you know. So we got home a little bit late last night. And 
other than that, guys, here we are, you know. And um, I just wanted to um, share. I should have had the scripture ready here, but give me one second. Give me one second here. Um, right here in Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. I actually did a sermon. I don't quite remember if I use this passage or not, but basically the same principle this passage is talking about. And I thought it'd be good to talk right now. You know, so hold on, my screen is showing a reminder for Windows. All right. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and read it and we'll talk about it. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Okay. Microsoft, come on, guys. Okay. It says, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, for he has given to the poor his righteousness endures forever. Um, and then it goes on in verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgiving to God. So number one, well, first thing I want to say is, see, passages like this, unfortunately, um, don't get talked about a lot or preached a lot because unfortunately many People in ministry, whether preachers or evangelists, have have taken this scripture and um, changed the narrative, and actually made a very, you know, and because of that, it's done, it's been done so so much that it's hard for a pastor or a teacher or, or anybody to even talk about these scriptures um, because, uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll share with you why. Because almost every time you hear uh, of a church picking up a tithe or an offering, they'll say, um, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So give your money with a smile. Give your money, you know, and I, I understand the context of it, right? Because in the same way, like if, if, if somebody does something for you, um, don't you want them to do it out of a cheerful heart? Not just like grumbling, like, I guess I got to help you. I guess I got to. You know, so I get what it's saying, but there's some something much deeper in this passage, guys. It says, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. You know, I, I grew up in a farm and I understand that uh, I, I never drove tractors. My dad did, but I've had, had enough conversations with him that if they have these tractors that that throw seed out, because first you, you um, get the tractor that has these big teeth and it makes the rows you see in a field. And then you have another machine that comes and um, and as it's going, it's throwing out seed and most of it, they're hoping, land inside the rows. And then there's a tractor right behind it that the rows that the first tractor did is covering it up. That way the seed can be covered. 
And by covering it up, it now leaves rows where the water's gonna go. And um, it's kind of a three-step process, right? And uh, if you don't, if you rip the ground for the seed and you run with the tractor that's supposed to spread seed and doesn't have much seed, um, or let's say you do the setting to where it doesn't throw out that much seed. Well, this verse is saying this is if you throw out a little bit of seed, then don't be surprised when you get a little bit of crop. You know, if you throw three seeds out there, don't get mad because you don't have 10 trees. You're only going to get three seeds. And if you throw out 100 seeds, then you should expect 100 trees. You know, so that's why it's saying whoever sows sparingly, whoever throws a little bit, just a little bit, will also reap sparingly. Then you're going to get back a little bit. You're going to get you're going to get out of it of what you put into it. That's what the scripture is saying. And whosoever sows bountifully. So if you have just, I mean, just just loads of seed and you're throwing it out there, whoever just throws it everywhere, then that person will reap bountifully. That person's going to have a lot of fruit. They're going to have a, a, a lot to a, a lot of produce from that because they just spread bountifully. They didn't hold back. It'd be like having that tractor that throws seed and you just turn that gauge all the way on so all the seed goes out. You know, it'd be like saying, you know what, I get this whole giant, um, the tractor things that hold the seed, they're just full because I want a big produce. I want a big field, you know. And um, why is he saying things right? Because this isn't just talking about money, guys. This is talking about everything. You know, if you're going to go and evangelize, you know, you're just. All, all, all angry or whatever. Oh God! Give me one second here. I'm gonna pause it. I said my audio may not be fully recorded. Man. Again? Um, it's saying may not be. So, what happened? Great. Right, now I gotta check it. All right, I'm back. I apologize. So I had got this prompt that said that my audio might not be recording correctly. And I, you guys know, in the past, I've had a couple of times where I've done whole devotionals and it didn't record anything. So I got really worried, turned the whole thing off. I mean, turned the recording off and went to check. And sure enough, the audio was there. So I didn't lose nothing. Not sure why it prompted me that. But hopefully I'm going to start off where I left off. I don't remember exactly. I sort of know looking at the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Um, it says here, uh, verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, uh, I think what I was talking about is many people have um, um, taken advantage of this of this passage and, and basically made it a... Uh, uh, change the narrative so they can get rich, so they can get money, so they can prosper financially. But here's the thing, right, is just because people have abused the scripture, does that mean we can rip that passage out of every Bible and never talk about it? God forbid, no. You know what I mean? Um, the word of God is still true. But maybe, possibly, that is just the narrative of it has been wrong. You know, I'm not saying every time, because I've heard some great, great 
teachings on the scripture, but um, it says each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So I actually, I remember what I was talking about is the fact that when we do something for the Lord, do it with a cheerful heart. If, if, if whatever it is, you know what I mean? If you're evangelizing, if you're visiting the elderly, if you're a chaplain in a prison, if you are giving Bible studies, um, whatever capacity that God is using, you know, even teaching children, you know, teaching children, uh, youth, uh, I mean, it, it just keeps going and going and going, right? And uh, it's not just talking about money. Anytime you do something for the Lord, be a cheerful giver, you know, but my point is this, is that I remember right before it said be a cheerful giver, it, it first started off by saying that if you throw a little bit out, don't be surprised if you get a little bit back. And if you throw a lot out, don't be surprised when you get a lot back. And does that, can that apply to, to financial security? Yes, because it does not say in this passage that, oh, this works for everything except finances. And unfortunately, because it works, Many times people take advantage of that and take it for granted, you know, but I think in, in the right balance, in the right context, it is true. You know, for instance, let's say, um, let me think. Um, let's say a family wants to open a taco stand, taco shop. And, uh, oh, no, let's say they start off with the taco cart. Now, I don't know if there's such a thing as a taco cart, but, and uh, let's say it's a family of five brothers. Well, let's throw some girls in there. Let's say three brothers and three sisters, and they all get together and say, hey, you know, let's get this taco cart going, and we'll each take turns working it. That way, um, not everybody burns out, and uh, and we'll hopefully do something with it. So let's say they, they start it, and um, it starts to prosper, right? And, and um, it gets really busy, and, and they always got lines of 10 people. And, um, but... Every time they, they make money at the end of the week, they, they spread the profits out and, and everybody, you know, has a chance to, um, you know, uh, build their finances through this little taco cart. And then one day, one of the sisters says, hey, guys, um, so we're doing so well. Um, why don't we invest in another cart? And let's imagine the other five brothers and sisters say, no, we, we like getting you know, our, our weekly money. And if we get another cart, then that means we've got to put extra money into it and whatnot. And they're not looking at it. They're not looking at it the way the one sister's looking at it. Because she says, you know what? I like what I'm getting every month. But if we open two carts, that's going to double what we get. And, and then what if after two, then we get three? And what if after three, what if that's enough to get a whole catering truck? And, and and eventually, what if we keep putting in, because if we don't put nothing in and keep putting it in our pockets, then how are we ever going to grow? We're just going to live off of that one taco stand or taco cart. But the sister's saying, man, but if we keep putting more and more into it, this thing is going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And the other five, they just, they're, they were very reluctant. They're not cheerful about it. And, um, and let's say the one sister's like, listen, I can't do this by myself, okay? If, if you all don't want to grow this business into maybe even having a family restaurant, then you know what? Just keep your money because I don't need you guys complaining. We'll just have this simple little cart and we'll live off this cart. And I guess that it is what it is. Well, what do you think happens when you grow a ministry? 
You know, there's so many people, man. I had so many people, especially in the beginning, when I was uh, in a basement or in, in a little tiny building, and they're like, man, can't wait for us to get, you know, something bigger so we can have rooms, so we can have classrooms. Can't wait to have classrooms. I really wish we had a prayer room. Really wish we had a chapel just for the youth. That way the, the youth can have their own service and, and set it up in a way that, that they would like it. And see, everybody got ideas. But how is the how is the church building going to grow? How's the ministry going to grow? It grows when everybody puts their resources in, because if not, see, I'm I'm fine where I'm at, you know. But ultimately, Modesto is really big, and our building maxes out at 120 people. Um, so what are we going to do with all their kids? What are we going to do with their youth? What are we going to do? We don't have the capacity for it. So if everybody's not cheerful about, and I'm not talking about just finances, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about, hey, I want to teach the kids. Hey, I want to teach the youth. Hey, I want to learn an instrument. I want to play guitar. I want to play bass. I want to play drums. I want to, instead of just saying, man, you know, someday, someday, what if we were all cheerfully giving, whether it's finances or our talents or our time, because we're never going to reach Modesto until we become cheerful givers. Because remember, the person that throws out a little bit of seed, don't be surprised when only a little seed comes back, or a little fruit comes back. But when you just get globs, I mean, just loads of this seed and throw it everywhere, then you're going to get that much more back. So this applies to everything, whether it's even podcasting. You know, I, I see some YouTube channels grow, ministry channels, and, and they're growing. But a lot of it is because they're putting in you know um i'll give you a perfect example and i'm going to end this guys i didn't i didn't um sharon's waiting for me and, and we have a couple of things to do but i, I do want to say this is that before covid hit our lives if you go back to even december 2019 january 2020 right before because covid really hit it like in march i think if i remember right march or april that's when they closed all the churches. Um, I used to go live with just my phone. I had a Samsung at that time, S, I don't know, I have an S21 now, so I don't know, whatever it was back then. And um, I used to just put that on a tripod and go live. That's it. You know, all you guys that watched online, all you got was a, a phone. And, uh, and then when all the churches shut down, I realized that Nobody was at the church, at least for four weeks we closed down until we figured out like, okay, what's going on? And then we reopened. But um, but then a lot of people, even when we did open, um, a lot of people, even older people, you know, a lot of the people that were in the bracket of, of risk were not coming to church. They were just watching online. And a lot of you guys, your churches shut down in your cities. So a lot of people were watching online and a lot of people... Um, we're, we're giving, whether it was $10, 20 or, or more or whatever. Um, so there was more help coming in because there was no church services. And um, eventually I remember me and Sharon talking. I said, you know what? We have to, if, if people are going to watch us, I can't continue to use a phone to stream a service. So I said, you know what? Enough has came in that we could invest in, 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 in a little camera or, or a little... We got find out OBS. OBS is a software that's for free to, to live stream to YouTube and Facebook. And 
we started making investment in our time to learn more about streaming. We invested a little bit more in the equipment in order to be able to give a better presentation to those who were watching, because we understood that our at that time we had more people watching than in the building even after um, we opened up the church. Because I mean, we used to be a capacity 1,900 people, and then right after the church is opened, our church opened again. There was like 25 people only. And the, everyone else, though, was watching online. And a lot of you guys were watching online because your church closed where you were from. So um, we're like, okay, this is time of, of are we going to sow a little bit? Or are we going to sow bountifully um, in order to be able to be a blessing? Are we going to do this cheerfully or regrettably? You know, and we appreciate everybody that watches our channel. So we made a, a, a agreement that we were going to um, raise the bar on our live streams. Um, and even and the thing was, we realized because we don't have funding like that, you know, we realized like these churches that get like really, really expensive cameras, we realized we couldn't compete with that. But here's the thing is that when you invest your time and study and, and look at reviews and find cameras and you know you'll find a camera that does what the top ones do but it's a lot more um, um affordable and and we did our due diligence and homework and finding out how to give a better live stream with a limited budget and we did that for you guys and and because we know that he who throws seed um holding back you're only going to get a little bit back and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about people, people that get saved, people that, that get touched, people that start to learn, you know? So that scripture to be a cheerful giver works in everything. It is not just finances, it's in everything. Don't join a worship team unless you're going to do it with joy. Don't, don't teach the children unless you're going to be a cheerful giver of your time, uh, of the things you do, you know what I mean? Because when we do things, we do it unto the Lord. We do it unto God, you know? And so, you know, whenever somebody does something, you know, for for House of Rest, um, you're not doing it for David and you're not doing it for Sharon. Because if, if your idea of doing something for the church is to do favors for us, then uh, you got us in the wrong position in your head. Because um, you should be doing it unto the Lord. You know, don't do things to please David or Sharon. Don't do things to please Pastor Al or, or Sister Lydia. You do things to please the Lord. When somebody does something, so when you're going to help in the grocery giveaway, for instance, you're not doing it for us. You're doing it for God. You know, the Bible says himself, Jesus says, if he who gives somebody to eat, you are basically feeding me, Jesus said. You know, so this goes in everything, guys. In everything, when you come to to serve as a greeter or an usher, you're not doing it for us. You're doing it unto the Lord. You know, um, when you're coming and learning uh, media, you're doing it not doing it for me. You're doing it for God. You know, so in everything that we do, in everything in our walk, you know. And um, but anyways, that's what I wanted to talk about. To be a cheerful giver. That is not just finances. That's in the giving of your gifts, giving of your talent, 
giving of your time, giving of your finances. Also, it all fits in there and everything that you do. Be cheerful about it, guys. You know, be cheerful. You know, when I when I when I get an opportunity to do these devotionals, you know, it's because I'm doing it unto the Lord. Why do you think that we're I don't even know how many we got? 400 by I don't even know the number right now. I think 400 and something. You know, and to be honest with you, yeah, I do it for you guys to edify you. But ultimately, I do it unto God. You know, I do it unto God that the, that the Lord is going to lead this to somebody that needs to hear it. And I want to be a cheerful giver of that. So just keep that in mind, guys, that uh, that scripture, be a cheerful giver, is not only about finances, it's about everything in your life. Everything, everything, guys. Be a cheerful giver unto the Lord. And the more you put out, the more you'll get back. And, you know, I want to say this too real quick, is that goes in the negative. If you want to put out a bad attitude, guess what you're going to get back. If you want to be a manipulator and a deceiver, guess what you're going to get back. You're always going to get the fruit of the seed that you sow. You know, and, and that is real key and, and important to remember because um, if you th do things with wicked intentions, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't be surprised with the fruit you get from that. So what kind of fruit do you want? That's a real question you want to ask. What kind of fruit do you want to get out of the seed you throw? Because the type of fruit you want, it has to match the type of seed you throw. So anyways, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much. Hopefully you got something from this. And um, see you tomorrow. Bye.